This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you that are watching today. We want you to stay tuned as we discuss this topic, a journey through the chambers of your heart. I hope that you'll stay tuned. We do appreciate those of you who may be watching today for the very first time, and we appreciate the fact that you've tuned in to watch Getting to Know Your Bible. We appreciate those who watch every time we come on the air. Now today, we continue to offer a free Bible correspondence course, and I'd like to emphasize this course is free. We want you to have it. We have thousands of people all over the world that are studying this Bible course. We'd like for you to study the Bible using this free Bible course. Someone says, now wait a minute. You said it's free, but tell me the truth. What does it really cost? The Bible course will cost you nothing. It's free. Anything that we offer on getting to know your Bible is without cost to you. Any Bible course, CD, DVD, or anything we might offer will be sent to you free of charge. And in order that you might know more about the Bible course, that you might know how to receive the free course, let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I want to read from Proverbs, the fourth chapter, and verse 23. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. The human heart is one of the marvels of God's great creation. In reality, the human heart is a very efficient pump, that moves blood through the body. It actually is a muscle that contracts and relaxes about 70 times a minute. And each contraction and relaxation is a heartbeat. This happens more than 100,000 times a day. Each heartbeat pumps about two ounces of blood or about 13,000 quarts a day. The heart is divided into four chambers. There are the upper chambers, two upper chambers, and the two lower chambers of the heart. And each of these chambers is connected with the other chamber below it by a valve that allows the blood to flow from one chamber to the other. And it contains a network of nerves that regulate the pumping operation. And the heart of man, the physical heart, is a very marvelous thing. 
There are no doubt several of you that are watching right now that have had heart surgeries. And it is amazing as to what can be done when one has some problem with their heart. The doctor is able to work on your heart and help you live much longer. Some years back, I had to have open heart surgery. I will ever be indebted to a wonderful doctor, Dr. Pacifico, who operated on me, allows me to be able to do what I'm doing today. But now the spiritual heart of man is something different. The word heart, as it is used by the writers of the Bible, is used to denote some particular faculty of the soul. So sometimes the word heart is used by Bible writers to suggest the, the memory of man or a man's ability to remember things. Like in Psalms 119 and verse 11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. There the word heart has reference to one's ability to remember. Then sometimes the word heart is used to refer to our affections. It's used like that in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 5, where Moses said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Love him with all of your heart. That has reference to your affections. And then it is also used to refer to man's will, that capacity of man to make decisions. For example, in Romans 6, chapter, in verse, uh, in verse 17, Paul said, but you have obeyed from the heart. You see, men obey from the heart. Also, they disobey from the heart. But that's just another faculty of the heart of man, the spiritual heart of man. It is with the heart that a man understands. In Matthew, the 13th chapter, in verse 15, Jesus said, this people's heart is wax gross and their ears are dull of hearing, lest at any time they should understand with their heart. You see, we understand things with our heart. It would be a most revealing thing if we were able to take a journey through the chambers of our heart. Just suppose we could do that today. Suppose we take a little journey through the chambers of your heart. We come to a place in your heart that's called the reading chamber. And right there before this chamber are these words from the Bible. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. It is in this chamber that we learn how much you read the Bible. We find in this chamber what the Bible really means to you. There are some people that study the Bible on a regular basis. There are some people that study the Bible occasionally, but some never study the Bible. But you see that it is in this chamber that we have recorded the knowledge that you have of God's will. And as we look inside this chamber of your heart, how many of us wish we had applied ourselves more? It's easy to understand when you look in the reading chamber why some make such little progress in the living of the Christian life and others make great progress. 
In 1 Peter 2 and 2, the Bible says, if that desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. We grow by feeding our soul spiritual nourishment. And the spiritual nourishment we feed our souls is the Bible. You remember in Matthew 4 and 4 that Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Well, we leave the reading chamber and we come to one that has these words emblazoned inside of the chamber, word chamber. And beside that is found Matthew chapter 12 and verse 36. In that passage, Jesus said, Every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. It is in this chamber that is found every word that we have ever uttered. There are all of the good things that we have said. There are the harsh and unkind things that we may have said. There are the critical remarks that we have uttered. There may be the tales of gossip that we have strewn. And then there are all recorded all of the times that we took the name of God in vain recorded in this chamber of our heart. And as we stand in this chamber and then we look at all of the things that we have said, I call to mind a passage from the book of James. And that verse is James chapter 1 and verse 26. That, that if a man thinks he is religious, but he doesn't bridle his tongue, his religion is vain. And oh, how we wish we'd done better as we look at the contents in the word chamber of our heart. We move on to another chamber of our heart, and here we find these words inscribed, the attitude changer, chamber. It is here that we learn something about our attitude. And in Proverbs, the 23rd chapter, verse 7, the Bible says, As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. There is no way that we can overemphasize the importance of attitude. Attitude is the real you. Attitude is who you really are. As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. You see, in this, in this chamber of your heart, we would expect to find a good attitude. It is in this chamber of your heart that we would expect to find the attitude of Christ. Philippians 2 and 5 says, Have this mind in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Well, what kind of a mind did Jesus have? Jesus had a mind of, of sacrifice. He had a mind of being a servant. Jesus had a mind of, of love. Jesus had an attitude of kindness. Jesus had an attitude of forgiveness. And his was also a very compassionate 
attitude. Well, what do we find in our hearts today? Do we find a heart like Jesus? When we look inside our attitude chamber of our heart, do we find an attitude like our Lord? See, 1 John 2 and 6 tells us that we ought to walk as He walked. And we're to be conformed to His image. We cannot have an ugly, mean attitude and be like our Lord. We cannot have an unchristian attitude and expect to be like the Lord Jesus Christ. And when I think about the attitude chamber, it makes me realize that my attitude is much more important than my altitude. My attitude will determine how high I go in life and it actually will determine where I go in the next life. There is no peace and there is no happiness for one with a bad attitude. The attitude chamber. Oh, what an important part of our life. And those words from Solomon are written there in that chamber, as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Next chamber we come to has these words written on it, the recreation chamber. And then we have these words from the Bible from Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your minds, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You see, in the recreation chamber, we find out how you spent your leisure time. Here we'd find that some spend their time in wholesome fun with their family, with their friends. And others have recorded activities of the fast lane of life the things they couldn't recommend to even their children. And as you look at the inside of this chamber of your heart, oh, how you wish maybe you could leave this chamber. And as you look inside this chamber, it is impressed upon you how Christ should go with you all the time and he should go with you in all places. And the words of the Apostle Paul have a great deal of meaning. Now, as you look inside the recreation chamber of your heart, and those words are, keep yourself pure. It is while you look inside this chamber that you realize for the first time that some of the things that you have been doing ought to be left in the past. And you need to begin to live a new life and in the words of Paul, not to be conformed to this world. One translation of that passage has it saying, don't allow the world to squeeze you into its mold. And then another chamber we come to is called the worship chamber. 
we see those words inside the chamber of your heart. And also we have written down in that chamber, John chapter 4 and verse 24. There Jesus said, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. This is the worship chamber. Recorded in this chamber is the record you have of worshiping God. While recorded in this chamber of your heart are all the, the times you attended a worship service. And some people would see the inside of this part of their heart and they would see a good record. I know of people who have never missed a service of the church unless they were sick, maybe in the hospital, or otherwise hindered beyond their control. Some have a very faithful record. Some would look in this side of the chamber of their heart and they, they would see a good record for a while, their faithful record for a time. But then something began to happen. They stopped missing some of those worship opportunities. When the saints would come together on the Lord's Day or maybe some special service for some other occasion, they, they just began to miss occasionally. And when they did, their conscience hurt them at first. But now, they, you know, they, they can miss. And really now, they even feel good about it. And if you were to talk to them, they even began to make up excuses. Now, while you're in this chamber, in the worship chamber, you began to call to mind all of the sermons that you heard in worship. You see, you can call to mind the sermons you heard about the love of God and the death of Jesus on the cross and sermons that you heard about the living of the Christian life and even sermons that you heard on being faithful. And it is while in this chamber that you call to mind the sermons that you heard on worship. And now, with God looking at your heart, oh, how you wish that you had listened. Oh, how you wish that you had been more faithful in worship to Him. I may be speaking to one right now who has not worshipped the Lord on the Lord's day in a long, long time. Maybe you're a member of the Church of Christ and you've not been attending worship anywhere and maybe it's been a long, long time. May I encourage you to be in worship on the Lord's day to become dedicated and a faithful member of the body of Christ, one day God is going to look at our heart. And when He looks at the worship part of our heart, you want Him to say, Well done. Well done. We move on. We look now at another chamber in our heart. It's called the Opportunity Chamber. In James 4.17 is written on the walls of this part of our heart. And there James says, To him that knoweth to do good, 
and doeth it not. To him it is sin. It is inside this part of your heart that you see every opportunity that came your way. And as you look inside this part of your heart, we can note that there were some of those opportunities that you accepted. Some of them you did something about. You took advantage of those opportunities. But we also note there were some opportunities that you re rejected. Unused opportunity is the big mistake of the human family. The 25th chapter of Matthew, in reality, all 46 verses of that chapter are dealing with the end of time. In the first 13 verses of Matthew chapter 25 is recorded the parable of the virgins, the ten virgins. Five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. In Matthew chapter 25, beginning at verse 14 through verse 30, there is recorded the parable of the talents. There were three men, and each of them received talents. One man received just one. And then beginning with verse 31 to verse 46 is the parable of the sheep and the goats, talking about the end of time. In each one of these instances, in Matthew chapter 25, the Lord was dealing with the same difficulty, unused opportunity. Why, in, my, in the first 13 verses and talking about the foolish virgins, they neglected their opportunity to prepare for the coming of the bridegroom. In verses 14 through 30, in the parable of the talents, the one talent man neglected his opportunity to use the one talent that he had to its best advantage. And then in the parable of the sheep and the goats in Matthew chapter 25, beginning in verse 31 to verse 46, those that were on the left side of our Lord in the judgment, that is, those who were the goats, are those who had opportunity to do good, and they did it not. You see, in every case, he's talking about those who fail to use opportunity wisely. Unused opportunity is the mistake of the human race. But you see, when we look in this chamber of your heart, but we're, we're talking about your opportunities. That the opportunity you had to be the right kind of a father, the opportunity that you had to be the right kind of a mother, the opportunity that you had to set a good example, not only in your family, but in the community. That the opportunity that you had to read the Bible, the opportunity that you had to visit sick people, the opportunity that you had to, to, to lead somebody to Christ, the opportunity that you had to be baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins because you see, you know that Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized 
shall be saved. But you see, these are your opportunities. And what have you done with the opportunities that you have in life? As we stand in this chamber of your heart, we are reminded of the brevity of life. It was James chapter 4 where we read these words. Go to now, you say, today or tomorrow. We will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain, whereas you know not what you'll be on the morrow. What is your life? It is even as a vapor that appears for a little time, little time, and then it vanishes away. You see, when we stand right here in the opportunity chamber of your heart, we're impressed with our urgency of utilizing our opportunities. We've now come to the end of our journey. This has been a journey through your heart. Perhaps a way that God sees our hearts. Do you like what you see? Or would you want to improve the way that your heart looks? Remember the Bible says, keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it springs the issues of life. What we really are comes forth out of our heart. I'd like to urge you to give your heart to Jesus, to turn it all over to Him. He wants your heart. He wants you body and soul. He wants your heart today. Would you love Him with all of your heart? Would you love him enough as a believer in him to be willing to turn away from sin in your life, to repent of your sins? Do you love him enough in your heart to be willing to stand up in the front of people and confess that you believe Jesus is the Son of God? Would you confess that to your world, to the world? You see, when we are baptized, we're to confess our faith in Christ, but you confess Jesus Christ every day that you live. It's not a just a one-time confession. And then do you love him enough that you would put him on in baptism? Paul wrote in Galatians 3.27, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ did put on Christ. Do you love him enough in your heart to do that? I believe I'm talking to people right now who love Jesus that much. And may I encourage you to get your heart right with God this very day. Get your heart right in the sight of God. Now I want to thank you for watching today. In the closing moments, may I give you a very personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And also may I encourage you now to pick up the telephone and call for the free Bible course. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 
Summerdale, Alabama, 36580 or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.